You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. I want you to know I'm, I'm standing up here not by choice. Um, so when we get these sermon series from the Vineyard, you know, Rick always wants the, uh, uh, the different members of the leadership team to, to, to speak on a, on a Sunday morning. I have no idea why he wants that. But so Linda and Chuck, you know, he announces, says, okay, here's four Sundays, pick a Sunday. And Linda and Chuck just right away, they, they, you know, they respond, they know their responsibilities, and they say, well, I'll take that Sunday. And Chuck will say, I'll take all three of the other ones. No, he says, I'll take that Sunday. And, and Michelle and I, we kind of try to blend into our chairs and hope that the storm passes. And uh, so this time when Rick, like he said, when he introduced this, this sermon series, um, How Is Your Soul? He said, oh, the, the first session is the inner life. It sounds like a good one for you, RB. And uh, I gave the universal Christian response, I'll pray about it. <laughs> but I could tell with, in the tone of Rick's voice that there was really, uh, he wanted me to do that. So I try not to disappoint him too often. Um, okay, so um, there really, I, I don't mind speaking in front of people, but there are two reasons why I don't like to bring a Sunday morning lesson. Um, the first one is this. Uh, last summer was the last time I did this. I can't remember if it was June or July. But my family was here. My, my, my daughter and her husband and our three grandchildren were here. And they sat right back there where Kathleen is coming in, where she was sitting and just a few minutes ago and where she's going to sit now. They were right in the back row. And I got five minutes into my session or my, my lesson. And I look back and, and Blake, our youngest grandson, was sound asleep. <laughs> and, and, and Kaylin, our oldest grandson, was stifling a big yawn. And um, so I don't like to put people to sleep, and I hope that I don't put you to sleep in the next few minutes here. Um, so far, so good. Huh? Everybody, well, I, I, I'm not sure everybody's still awake, but they may be. So the, the topic, um, inner life, I'll get to the second reason I don't like to do this on Sunday mornings. I think that people that speak to the church on Sunday mornings should walk the talk. And I've known Pastor Rick for over th three decades. And I've known Linda for longer than that. And I've known Chuck not for that long, but I know him just as well. And I know that those people, when, when they speak, they walk the talk. If they say, this is what you should do, it's because they're doing it. And a lot of times I feel like a chameleon Christian. A lot of times I feel like my spiritual color is being changed by the circumstances around me instead of the other way around. So, if you'll pay attention to what I say, because I believe in my heart, everything I'm going to say today is true. I, I, last week, Rick had this wonderful line that he spoke during his message. The whole thing was really, really good, but he said at one point in time, he was talking about a biblical truth, and he said, but that's not been my experience yet. And so I just want to say some of the things I'm going to say, I believe with all my heart, but they haven't necessarily been my experience yet. But I'm growing, and uh, they will be my experience at some point in time. I, I, I put in my notes, I wasn't sure I was going to use this, but you know, in Scripture, when Jesus is calling his disciples, he calls Nathaniel, and he says, here's an Israelite in whom there is no guile. We're blessed 
because our pastors are those kind of people. Guile means falseness, something false, and there's no falseness in our pastors. And every church can't say that, and we can. So, wow, what a blessing God gives us. Okay, so disclaimers out of the way. Um, how is my soul? Well, what do we need? What's the soul? Can you go to the doctor and say, uh, Doc, you might, could you do an x-ray of my soul? Because I'm not sure it's right. Um, no, we really can't. Because the soul has no physical being, and yet it has a really, a very real existence. In the Bible, often the word heart and soul are interchangeable, and they're going to be for me today. So if I say heart or I say soul, it means exactly the same thing. Okay? Um, uh, so our soul, the biblical term heart or soul means um, our thoughts, our emotions, our wills, our desires, certainly our actions. Um, Jesus, in, in Luke 6.45, um, let's see if we can get that. Yep, there we go, okay. Um, Luke 6.45 says, and this is Jesus speaking, people are known in this same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. He's talking about, you know, right before that he says a good, fruit bear, a good tree bears good fruit, bad tree bears bad fruit. So he's continuing on here. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard by your words. Okay, so um, that's a Passion Translation. Uh, Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, um, I forget, it's in one of the Proverbs, but he, he talks about the word heart. And he says, the Hebrew word most often used for the word heart is, Chuck, L-E-V-A-V, levav. Okay, so anyway, it doesn't matter how we pronounce it. That's, and, and that meaning, the, the, the Hebrew word levav, it's used for heart and it means thoughts, will, discernment, affections, emotions, motives. So how do we know a person? What persons have, people have physical attributes. You know, if I, if I walk into a room and, and there's Jim Coleman, I can look at his face and recognize who it is. My mind clicks, says, that's Jim. Well, it doesn't do that so often anymore. Sometimes it'll look at a face and say, I know that person. But most of the time, you know, my mind will say, that's Jim. So we use physical attributes to recognize people. Sometimes we, we use their physical as, uh, 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 aspects to... Um, assess their physical capabilities. If you walked into a room and met me for the first time, you would know for sure that I was not a professional basketball player. <laughs> I don't know why, but... Uh, so I would need to be twice as tall as I am to be a professional basketball player. So we can use physical attributes to assess maybe physical capabilities, but if we go any farther than that and try to assess a person by their physical attributes, we're really wrong. What do we, we assess each other, who we really are, by our actions, by our words, by the fruit that we bear. And so those are the things that flow out of our hearts. So how do we care for our hearts? Um, if you, Susie, put up that next slide. Um, by the way, I thought it was ironic that somebody had to call to my attention that my wife had a word this morning uh, during the service. Uh, sorry about that, honey wasn't paying attention. 
She just blends in. Um, okay, so anyway, look at Proverbs 4.23. We're, 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 we're talking about how can we care for our heart, and is it even, is it even important? Um, I've got it up there in two versions. I'll, I'll read the New Living Translation first. Above all, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Okay, so guard your heart. I, I just, again, I love the, the passion on this verse. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. All that you are. Um, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Okay, so our hearts are important. We need to care for them. Uh, physical too, but our spiritual hearts. We need to care for because we really flow out of what's in there. Okay, um, uh, in, in the handout you're, that, that's available there, if I can find it here, um, are the authors of our handout um, say this, and I don't have this on, on the board, but you'll, you'll be able to get your handout and you'll, you'll be able to read it. It says, we are truly creatures of the heart. What is going on inside eventually finds its way out. It's pretty profound. What's going on inside eventually will find its way out. Um, the quality of the desires that we allow to rule our hearts end up flowering into thoughts, actions, habits, character, and a lifetime destiny. Tending to our heart is a vital daily task of the Christian. So, how do we do that? Well, there's lots of ways, but I'm going to talk about habits. Um, habits are good and habits can be bad. A habit is something we do so repetitively that it, it becomes involuntary practically. We, we, we just do it without thinking. And you know, we, we've all got good habits and bad habits. Um, when I wake up every morning, I let Belle, our dog, out. That's a good habit. I, I, I fix my coffee, pour a bowl of cereal, and I go right into my room, open up my Bible, and start to read. Now, those are all good habits. When I get home in the afternoon from work, the first thing I do is have a big bowl of potato chips, and that is not a good habit. So I'm working on that one. Okay, so habits can be good or bad. It's something you do just about automatically without thinking. Um, spiritual habits, good spiritual habits, require something on our part. Rick last week was talking about spiritual growth and he said it needs intention, you have to have intention. There's an intentionality needed to grow spiritually. It, it, it you know, well, we'll talk about the new heart and stuff in a little bit, but you know, there is some requirement on us to at least decide and intend to grow in the spirit. And so we, we need to be intentional in, in uh, developing some good habits. Um, I, I wrote down the word discipline, which I truly hate, but that's just another way of saying it. We have, there's, there's a discipline involved. There's a commitment involved to developing good spiritual habits. So, um, you know, I was just thinking about that. What are, what are some good spiritual habits? And for some reason, I came up with the number eight. I don't know what that is in scripture, if, if it even is anything, and I probably don't care, but, uh, what? New beginning. Whoa, I like that. Whoa. Well, that was a good number then. Maybe that wasn't accidental, you never know. Um, so I'm gonna give you eight good spiritual habits. Again, with the caveat, remember I said at the beginning, 
That may not be my experience, yeah, but I'm, I'm growing in it. Okay, so they're not in any specific order, I don't think, um, uh, from the standpoint of priority, except number one, which to me is the absolute most important one. And it's gonna sound strange at first, but I think you'll get my meaning as I go through it. Time utilization is number one, developing a good spiritual habit, time utilization. You know, God gives us 24 hours a day, Time is a gift to us, and he leaves up to us how we use it. And um, I don't know if you've all, if anybody's ever heard of a, a really tremendous Bible teacher named Peter Lord. I'm not even sure he's still alive, but back in the 80s and 90s, he put out some tremendous teaching series, and one of them was on time. By the way, if you Google him, you probably can bring up some of these things. And it's worth it to listen to his Jamaican lilt. It is beautiful. I just, I love to listen to his voice. But anyway, um, he had this, um, Peter Lord, kind of an easy one to remember. Um, he had this, this whole teaching series on time. And one of the most profound things he said is this, uh, that this is profound. People do what they want to do. Whoa. Wait a minute, what's the meaning of that? Uh, people do what they want to do. So here I've got two things to do, and I've got a limited amount of time. This is something that I want to do, and this is something that I should do. And so, generally speaking, I'll choose the thing I want to do. And if I run out of time, I won't get to the thing that I should do. Time utilization is vital. And it requires sacrifice, commitment, intentionality, but it's so, so important. Okay, so there is no such thing as, well, never, never use absolutes. Um, as a general rule, the, the, the phrase, I just didn't have time, is not really what happened. It's what really happened is I chose to do this first and then there was not time left to do this. But if before I made that choice, I would have had time to do this. So it's not really true when you say, I didn't have time. I really wanted to do that, but I didn't have time to do it. No. So um, allocation of time, very important. And I put it first because all the others now, if you allocate your time properly, all these other habits will just fall into place. So number two, gosh, scripture. Um, and Jesus said, the words that I speak are food to you. What? What a diet. What a diet. I mean, physically, I'd lose weight. Spiritually, I'd grow strong. So we know that the Scripture is food to us, and we need to daily feed our spiritual hearts, our souls. So, I, and we've all heard that. We know that. I think the, the, the neat thing, though, is the timing is not important here. The time allocated is, but the timing is not. I, I read scripture every morning. That, that, that isn't, you know, I can't say that's the best way to do it. It is for me. My wife reads scripture on her phone at night in bed. That's what works for her. So it, it's not so much timing. I, I, some people, you know, they might set aside time in the noon hour or something. Well, ho and, and hopefully throughout the day, something will occur and, and we'll either read scripture or remember a verse or something that applies that we're feeding our hearts every time that happens. So timing is not the significant thing, doing it is. 
get into that habit. And I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I would never preach. So I'm speaking to the choir. Um, you guys are all doing that already, so we don't have to dwell on that one too much, but understand the importance. Number three, gosh, worship. Now, I'm not talking just about what we did this morning. I'm not even talking about what is accompanied by music. Um, that's a form of worship. It's a wonderful one. I go to work every morning, um, and 90, nine times out of 10, I drive down 10th Street from a little bit east of, of uh, German Church all the way to Post Road where my office is. And in the fall, there are some trees in the yard at East Ridge Elementary School. I think they're sugar maples, but I'm not sure. But they turn the most beautiful red. It, it, it's, you, there's, I've, I've never seen the color before. And there's just a whole row of them. And when I, I look forward to the fall, I look forward to the three or four days when they're like that. And every time I drive by, I just say, God, you make the most beautiful trees. My eyes just are overwhelmed by the beauty. Well, that's a form of worship. You know, anytime our hearts turn to God and recognize who he is, and we say to ourselves out loud or just in, in the spirit, God, I'm overwhelmed by who you are and what you do. Um, sunsets can do that. Sunrises can, some of you don't see sunrises, but sunrises can do that. Um, uh, a kindness from another person can do that. So what I'm saying here is, you know, don't think, well, I don't have time to sing. Oh, I shouldn't use that phrase. Um, uh, I don't have the music available to me. You don't need music to worship. I want to, you know, let's get beyond that. Anytime we recognize God for who he is and what he's doing, we're right there in the throne room and we're worshiping him. So worship, get into that. That's a wonderful habit. I've written down here, admiration and enjoyment of God's creation. We sang the last song that we sang today was thankful, thank you. You know, anytime you say thank you, Lord, you're, that's a form of worship. So gosh, there's just so many ways to do that. Um, number four, group therapy. <laughs> I'm glad I got a chuckle out of that one. I, I, what a horrible term, group therapy. But anyway, um, so the Bible says, um, don't stop meeting together, especially as you see the day coming. Well, what the day's coming is, you know, this is darkness in the earth. We all know that. And that, that verse is so often used uh, just to talk about coming to church on Sundays. But there's so much more on uh, that. So let's start there. Don't miss a church service. You know, if you're out of town, go someplace to go to another church. Um, if you're flat on your back ill, okay, I'm not going to argue that one because... I'm the same way. If I'm flat on my back, y'all, I may not be able to make it because I don't want to be contagious. But um, be here if you're here. You know, uh, Scripture says iron sharpens iron. When, we, when we're together, we impart and we give. We, well, that's the same thing. We impart and we receive from each other. And so that's just a wonderful habit to be in. I, my, my parents got me started on that. I never wanted to miss church. Um, grew up in a stately old, very formal Lutheran church, and the services were wonderful. Opening hymn, gospel hymn, closing hymn. Uh, but that, that worked for, back then. So, 
you know, I, all my life, I've enjoyed going to church. I, I hope you all do. I think you do, because I see your faces every day, and I recognize them and, uh, every Sunday. So it's good for us. One thing that we don't sometimes really grasp is the hole that's left when one of us doesn't show up. You know, somebody's sick and they don't make it to church and it's like there's this, there's this void. We're not as complete as, as we were or would be if they were here. So, um, okay, so that's, that's one aspect of group therapy. But I think more importantly is being a part of some kind of an accountability group. Uh, in our church, we, we've, we've got a, a home group that's been going for more than 10 years. We've got a home group that's starting real soon. Um, uh, and, and we've got other groups. We've got prayer groups that get together. And uh, just, uh, there are groups available. And um, if there's not a group available that you want to join, we'll start one. But our home group, we, We've been together for more than 10 years, and we know each other and love each other and trust each other so much that we can share what's going on in our lives truthfully, and we can minister to and be ministered to. And that's something you can't do on a Sunday morning in a crowd necessarily. You don't have the time or the availability. Okay, so accountability groups. Group therapy is good. It's a good habit to get into. And number, what is this, five, exercise your faith. I told Brenda ahead, before the service I was going to... And I'd highlight something uh, that she told us at our last home group meeting. Um, she was at, at a Toyota dealership and had received service on her car and she had to go up and, you know, there's a clerk there that you pay the money to or pay for the service. And, and Brenda could tell this woman was having a hard time. Didn't know why, but she just really looked frustrated. And uh, so um, Brenda said, are you okay? What's going on? And this woman, who did not know Brenda from that chair over there, opened up and just kind of started telling her life and what was going on in her life. And Brenda, with compassion, listened. And then she said, um, can I pray for you? And the woman said, yes, please. And right there on the spot, Brenda just prayed a simple prayer. She may never see that woman again, but you know she was touched by Jesus at that moment. And so that's exercising your faith. It's good for the heart. Brenda came away thinking, wow, I'm glad I asked. I had a chance to pray for that person and to share the love of Jesus. Boy, if that doesn't build up your heart, nothing will. So uh, not just, you know, the old thing of, can I share the gospel with you? Don't, gosh, that's so confrontive. Witnessing today is really sharing the love of Jesus. To me, I mean, that's how, you ex that's how we exercise our faith. What it leads to, we don't know, we just start. You just open your mouth and the Lord comes in and uses it. Um, an easy way, if you've never done this before, I got this from my good friend, Herb Jensen, and I've talked about it before in church. Um, when you go to a restaurant, ask your server after you've given your order and just say, you know, um, we're gonna say grace before we eat, can we pray for you about anything? And the responses are amazing. Um, sometimes they'll just say, oh no, I, I really, everything's fine. And then you say, well, great, we'll just pray a blessing on you then as we pray. And sometimes they'll open up and say, my husband has, got a, has had heart trouble, he's in the hospital, he's, they say he's dying. And so you get this opportunity to pray for a person. 
most times they'll go ahead and go away and then we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and pray for them as we're saying grace for the meal. Sometimes they'll just stay right there and wait for that prayer because they know they need it. So that's an easy way, non-confrontive way to exercise your faith. Okay, so exercise your faith. That was number five. I'm running out of time. Let me go through these pretty quickly. Number six, learn from others. Gosh, we all need mentors. You know, not a formal mentoring, but we need people that we look up to, that we trust, and we can learn from. Five years ago, my morning habit was get up, let the dog out, make my coffee, get my bowl of cereal, go into my room and get out the newspaper and read it, and then read scripture. So what was happening some mornings was it would take me a little longer to read the paper and I would never get to the scripture. And Rick and I were on a golf course together and uh, I was just, I, I don't even remember how the conversation came up, but he basically said, you know, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I go to the Lord and, and read, his, read scripture. You should do that too. He didn't say it that abruptly, but he said it very clearly. And, you know, at first I thought, oh gosh, I don't want to change that habit. It's so much fun to re drink my coffee and read the paper and then I'll get this scripture. So I decided I'd try to change. And five years ago, that's the last time I ever read the paper before reading the word. Well, so I learned from him. He's, he, he's someone I can learn from. Um, I've learned from a lot of you. I sometimes don't say it. Gosh, I just learned something from you, but I do. It's wonderful to be around you people be a part of this body. So anyway, learn from others. Uh, role model, mentor, whatever you want to say. Um, probably the person that has had, or the people that have had the most input into my life since I became a Christian, half of them are here today. Ray Combs is here. We, we, Bob and Ray have spoken in front of our church before. I, I, I so look up to them and respect them because they don't just know scripture, they live it. Um, so. You know, if you have a chance, if you don't know Ray, come over and meet her. She's in the green dress over here before you leave. Um, and just listen to anything she says. It's always good. Um, okay, learn from others. Number seven, feel and respond to your heart. If I put my hand on, uh, we've got an electric stove, so I put my hand on a burner. Oops, let's do it this way. And I turn that burner on. Pretty soon I'm going to take my hand off, right? Because I'm listening to what my physical body is saying. Ouch! Let's stop that. So pain, that's one way, that's feedback that we get from our bodies. We respond to it. You know, our spiritual heart gives us feedback like that too. Um, things like fear, anxiety, depression. Um, those things are sometimes, that's, that's a response or that's something that our heart is looking for a response to. Um, I have unnatural fears about things. Got a hearing coming up Thursday morning. Most of you know I'm an attorney and I'm, I've been petrified. Well, I can't say that. I've been terrorized at times about it. I've asked for prayer and things are much, much better. But not having a little bit every once in a while, I'll think about it and I don't know, some adrenaline gets released or something. It's not been my experience yet that I don't have that. Um, but it's funny, when I started, I, I asked for prayer two, a couple of uh, staff meetings ago and then again this past staff meeting, and uh, that really helps. But I had uh, the, uh, last week and the, the week before and the start of, of last week, I was feeling some anxiety and th three days in a row, G 
Jesus Calling, which I read right after I read scripture, said basically, don't fear, trust me. Three days in a row, I thought, oh, well, wait a minute, is that feedback? Should I be listening to what my heart's saying there? Or maybe God's saying in my heart, so. Um, so remember, guilt, depression, shame, fear, we experience those things, but they don't have to be a part of our lives. Um, let's re respond to your heart when you feel some, want something like that. And understand, don't ever say, what's wrong with me? Say, I, I need to listen to that. God's trying to teach me something here. Okay. Um, number eight, I almost put a question mark after this one, but I thought I'll just mention it. I don't do this. I'm not sure I'm ever going to. I've tried it. Journaling, though, many, I, I, many people feed their hearts this way. It's a good habit to get into. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I just, I've, I've not been able to work it yet. I'll tell you what, so journaling, you, you sit down, maybe even before you start to read the Word, you just start, you open up, good morning, God. Uh, what's going on with you today? Um, and you just write down your impressions. You tell him what's in your heart. Sounds wonderful. I haven't been able to do it yet. But what I do do every once in a while, I'll read a scripture, and it just stands out to me so much that I'll just write it down on a piece of notepaper. It's not really journaling, but it's something similar to that. And I look for a chance to share it. Um, listen to this. Proverbs 14.27. Three weeks ago, I started our morning service with this. To worship God in wonder and awe opens a fountain of life within you. Dynamite. Exactly, Marcus. That's one of the most appropriate dynamites you've ever said. That's wonderful. Goodness, do you, do you want to have a fountain of life opened up in your heart? Um, oh, let's worship God in wonder and awe. Whoa, I, this one is more recent and meant so much more to me. Listen to this. This is Proverbs 16:24. These are the passion, but uh, any translation will do. Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. So when, when a person you trust speaks a good word to you, what does that do? Man, it just speaks inner healing and a heart growth. So, um, so journaling verses, write down things, recall them during the day, uh, whatever works for you. I, I'm so glad um, that uh, we, we did the, uh, the declaration uh, this morning because of, uh, initially when, when uh, Susie said what was up, I thought for the declaration, I thought, well, I'm going to use that later. I don't want to, but then I thought, yeah, wait, that'll be perfect because we did the first five verses of Romans 5, 1 through 5. I'm going to go 1 through 11. Rick's been talking about declarations, how important they can be in our lives. Remember his declaration from last week? He took the first part of the first chapter of Ephesians, and he took the us's and we's out and put in the eyes. That's what we're going to do. What we read earlier on the board said, our faith in Jesus transforms God's righteousness to us. Is that true? Right on. Okay, that's true. So who's us? I'm us. Marcus is us. Wayne is us. Anne is us. So why say us? Why not say me? It's just as true, maybe more so. So uh, we're going to put this on the board, and I'm going to read this. This is my declaration, but everybody can have it. In fact, on that table in the back there, um, I've written this out in first person. So here's Romans 
5, 1 through 11, and there's some copies of it back there. If you want to adopt my declaration, it's yours. So I'm going to end with this today. If, if, if anything, you know, how is your soul? There's two answers to that. It depends on your point of view as to what answer you give. If it's my point of view, I say, well, there's some lack and, and some weakness. And if it's from God's point of view, he says, Rick, your soul is perfect. Because it's been redeemed. It's been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Christ lives in me. So here's what our soul looks like from God. I'm going to read through this. If you want to say this with me, please do. The words are going to be up there. Sometimes it just helps to listen. Whatever's best for you. There is one line in here, I think it's on the fourth or fifth slide, where there's a blank line. And it's God speaking to us. And I want you to put your name in there as we read through that. Okay, so... It starts out you, because it's God speaking to me, so it would be you, Rick. So Flo is going to say, you, Flo. Okay, so do that with me. Okay, here it is. So this, here, here's how my soul is from God's perspective. My faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to me, and he now declares me flawless in his eyes. This means I can now enjoy true, lasting peace with God, all because of what my Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for me. My faith guarantees me permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given me a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within me as I keep celebrating my hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, I have a joyful confidence knowing that the pressures I face will develop in me patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine my character. And proven character leads me back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because I can now experience the endless love of God cascading into my heart through the Holy Spirit who lives in me. I think it's neat. Rick used the Passion Translation for those verses in, in Ephesians last week. Do you remember the cascading of God's love into our hearts? And here it is again. Kind of neat. I like that. For when the time was right, the Anointed One came and died to demonstrate His love for me, a sinner, entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save myself. Christ proved God's passionate love for me by dying in my place while I was still lost and ungodly. And there is still much more to say. I, I, to me, this passage is, I think, this is what I kind of taught on last summer, too. It says, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. What, what, what I just said is enough. No, wait, there's more. Okay, so there's still much more to say of his unfailing love for me. For through the blood of Jesus, I have heard the powerful declaration, you, Rick. I heard Rick say Rick. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Might say it again. You, Rick, are now righteous in my sight. Gosh, and because of the sacrifice of Jesus, I will never experience the wrath of God. So if while I was still an enemy, God reconciled me to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is mine. Think about that a minute. What's greater than friendship? Family, exactly. Something more than friendship is ours. 
family is ours. You, there's, you can't get any tighter. You know? Okay, so something more than friendship is mine. Now that I am at peace with God and because I share in his resurrection life, how much more will I be rescued from sin's dominion? But wait, there's more. And even more than that, I overflow with triumphant joy in my new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. I got through that without crying. That was, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do that. Um, folks, that's, that's what our souls look like. So we just need to come in line with God's perspective. We can do that by developing some good habits to feed our souls, our hearts, so that what flows out is Christ's love. Can't do anything more. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.